senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Look, I don't care how cute you think Beast was in the movie, I'm not painting it blue. Are we rolling? Okay, hi. Uh, welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm horrified. <laughs> you can call me Amanda. <laughs> uh, and this is episode 15. I'm done even trying to think of titles ahead of time. Something will come blue up. Blue Fist. Paint it blue might be <laughs> might be what this one's called. <laughs> sure. Sure, whatever. I'm not even going to fight it anymore. <laughs> oh, don't fight the blue. Nope, not going <laughs> to. Nothing like starting on a horrifying note on the very first beige. 30 seconds. I of... think I'll paint the ceiling beige. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yes, this is episode 15. We just came back uh, today in the last couple hours uh, from seeing X-Men Days of Future Past. Not in 3D. Not in 3D. Because I, I went to rewatch Godzilla this week with uh, you know, my... My day job, they brought all of us as a reward for not revolting or setting the building on fire that or something. That was nice of them. Yeah, well, it was a wise choice because we were close. But, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, they brought us to the big IMAX theater and the 3D. And uh, <laughs> on the second viewing, I, I fell asleep. So now we know what 3D is good for. Rocking Rob to sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. <laughs> I think it happened for a, a few reasons. The, number one. It, it turns out when you know what's coming, well, with Godzilla, I really enjoyed the slow build to a final fight as opposed to big explosive moments. When you know that's what's coming, you know you can rest your eyes for a minute. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've ever fallen asleep and been awakened to a, a DTS 7.0 multi-subwoofer Godzilla scream. It, it'll invigorate yeah. you and keep you awake for the rest of the movie. I can't say I've had that experience. Well, d- try not to, because <laughs> my heart did almost stop. <laughs> but it, it's the other thing. and We've seen a few 3D movies. We we try yes. not to, because, it again, it hammered it home. Because yeah, I knew it was coming, so I tried to get comfortable. And the thing with 3D is with the glasses, if you cock your head even remotely to the side... Everything goes cockeyed on the screen. Things that should be deep, you just see three or four of them. So you got to sit bolt upright to get it to work. And well, I, I found... get the added benefit of I wear glasses, so there's no way those 3D ones ever sit properly on my face because they can't get to where they really should be on the bridge of my nose because of my actual glasses. Oh yeah, and by fritzing them around, you wind up with two sets of fingerprints to try to see yeah. through. So at least I don't have that going for me i just have these glasses that i can feel and i can feel every greasy nose they've been on before (laughs) me which is not fun but but yeah try to get comfortable and move your head and it turns out i watch movies cockeyed which i never cockeyed or cockheaded cockheaded yeah i sort of cocked my head to the side (laughs) i never noticed it until it was such a problem on wednesday and then i caught myself doing it today and being just so fucking relieved i'm like oh i can still see everything and i'm comfortable and now i'm never not going to picture you watching movies like the victrola dog or <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> what, 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 what's that wolverine kill them all <laughs> listening to the sound of his master's voice yeah it's a, i never knew i did it either but so and one thing i i have since uh i put up on the website the picture of i got the godzilla uh trade paperback of the original marvel run yes and it shows how really i cop to being unfamiliar with godzilla because <laughs> i like the universal monsters yeah. when i was a kid and yeah it turns out godzilla at no point was created by the nuclear ba- blast he no. was sort of an elder well why didn't you fucking correct me last week i'm like we oh, we're on a roll I- it's totally <laughs> different when the nuclear blast doesn't create godzilla i sound like a dick i sound like a dick anyway but i don't know it's the mar- it's a Marvel take on it. it well, there's it, been 800 takes of of Godzilla in its lifetime. That's true. At some point, it, even though I fell asleep in the fucking thing, it's I not Elder God. It's not like Cthulhu. It's not. Yeah, I, and nobody's going Godzilla Fatagan. Like they should. By God, they should. I definitely. I wouldn't fall asleep during that. <laughs> I've never fallen asleep during a movie 
in the theater in my life. I couldn't believe it. Well, you are getting older. Shut up. <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> but it was just, just ah! what? But oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'm at the movies. It's not the end of the world. Somebody pissed my pants. <laughs> Did Godzilla piss my pants? Tell everyone you spilled the big gulp. Tell everyone you spilled the big gulp. <laughs> I've been working with these people a long time. They said, oh, you shit face in the movie, Rob? <laughs> but. So, yeah, I mean, that was my week, falling asleep in Godzilla because 3D sucks. And, yeah, the number of times I just had to take the glasses off and just like, oh, my eyes are shot. I'd, fuck 3D movies. I think that's what I'm trying to say. We got a 3D TV. I've turned on the glasses once to make sure they work. That's one more time than I've turned them on. Yeah, so. But we did not watch X-Men Days of Future Past in 3D. We did not. We watched it in glorious 2D. That's right. And uh, From three rows back, like my mother would never intended. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, your mommy issues, we can get to those <laughs> at any point you want. Nah, that's all right. You lie back and tell me about your mother. Oh, God. <laughs> so we saw... From the man who started off with, I think I'm going to paint it blue. <laughs> no, I said I wasn't going to. <laughs> not until your check clears. <laughs> Oh, that's good. You make me snort into the microphone. I do what I, I can. Happy. I do what I can. <laughs> so, okay, six minutes in, we saw X-Men Days of Future Past. We sure in, did. In a, I thought it was a really solid flick. As good as X2? I don't think so. I'd have to watch X2 again. X2, I think, if we were to watch it and then try to talk about it, we would have ourselves a Godzilla discussion because it... It's one of those movies that you will enjoy while you're watching it, and then when you go back and go, but what about, but wait. See, I I don't think so, because we've had that on DVD and Blu-ray for years, and we've watched it. We watch it about every year, and I think that holds up. Well, we've never actually sat down and talked about it in depth after watching it either. Well, uh, all right, true. Well, what do you think doesn't hold up about it? And I don't want to get totally derailed into taking apart X2, but I, I don't want But this is a surprising thing that you're saying. No, I, I'm not going to go down that road right now because I haven't watched it that recently. But I know that when I have watched it, I'm like, oh, but, oh. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> All right, I suppose that's valid. Did you get anything like that from... Days of Future Past? No, I enjoyed Days of Future Past, but we haven't started talking about it in yeah. depth yet either. I thought I enjoyed Godzilla when I left last week, is my point. Yeah, there were definitely <laughs> mindfuck moments that I found myself thinking during Days of Future Past, where I'm like, well, what does this mean? And So this is the part, gentle audience, where we should warn you that if you're looking for a spoiler-free discussion of said movie, please go the fuck elsewhere. Yeah, if you're looking for a spoiler-free discussion <laughs> of anything, this is not the right show for you. We... I said just it last week. It. We should just call it the spoiler show and be <laughs> done with it. And I really got to remember to put it in the show notes because I always forget to put right there. We'll spoil you at any given moment for no good reason at all. Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. Spoiled goods. Spoiled goods. <laughs> uh, all right. That's a front runner for a title. Remember that one. The blue thing and spoiled goods. The spoiled one blue might, thing. One might argue that a blue thing is in fact spoiled. No, it's just because you never tried it. <laughs> Christ, we're just going completely off the rails Yeah, here. yeah. Uh, let's bring it yeah. back. All right, so <laughs> in general enjoyment, um, almost everything's better than X3 The Last Stand. Uh, yes. Yes, this is a true statement. Yeah, uh, probably liked it better than X-Men First Class, which we only finally saw on when it came out on cable a year or two years ago. Yeah, and that really didn't stick very hard to my brain. To be fair, we were drinking. Uh, yeah, and didn't like it enough uh, that at least up until now I haven't picked it up right. on Blu-ray. And I've heard people say, oh, you really got to rewatch First Class to enjoy Days of Future Past. Uh, I think I remember enough of it. I, I remember that it had the sucking black hole of January Jones in it. Um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she was truly, truly awful. I remember that. But it was... a. First class had the, you know, the bigotry of low expectations. It only <laughs> had to be better than X3 The Last Stand. This is true. And 45 minutes of Wolverine standing there just going, schnick, schnoit, shit would have been better than X3. <laughs> I would have watched that. <laughs> After X3, I would have killed to watch that. No, read the phone book while you do that. <laughs> well, and, and let's be fair, uh, 
I know you got a soft spot. I'm not sure X Men Origins Wolverine was much better than that. But, <laughs> but it, it was certainly better than X3 because it's just the nadir where I thought, okay, that's pretty much that for X Men. And they've managed to find a way to keep it alive and make it what, would, what was really a, an enjoyable movie. I really liked. Yes. Um, yeah, anything else in general? leap out at you that you want to talk about before we get specific on stuff yeah um i mean in general what i liked about this movie was they managed to make it um kind of wolverine centric but it wolverine didn't have to carry the movie yeah since he's clearly the biggest draw in the whole franchise they they gave him just enough to do without making it another wolverine movie which i think you can make the argument X2 is is kind of a Wolverine movie. X2 is very much a Wolverine movie with going back to Weapon X and finding his origins, yeah. a better origin than X-Men origins, yes. Wolverine. Um, yeah, and it was an interesting place to put Wolverine in this movie in that he was almost us. I mean, yes. he was the one who had no idea what was going on and, you know, for some reason, had no memories of 1973. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons that could have happened. Yeah. I was two when I got a few memories of 1973. But um, So, yeah, and not being completely jacked up. He had not gone through Weapon X yet, so he wasn't a deus ex. You know, oh, no matter what you do to me, I'm definitely going to come back from it. Right. Which was uh, interesting and a few nods to it like when he went through the metal detector and was shocked. <laughs> like, cause, well, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> shocked that it didn't go off but um so yeah i mean he was definitely a big part of it and a big focus of it without being like i said it's weird he was sort of our viewpoint so that other people could shine realistically this is mystique's movie in a lot of ways it, it is it is just like every other jennifer lawrence movie which is like what now once a month we get a jennifer lawrence movie well just about but <laughs> you know between between the Academy, didn't you win the Academy Award for something? Uh, Silver Linings Playbook or yeah. something like that. Between that and The Hunger Games, if you got Jennifer Lawrence, you know, you downplay her and face shock and damage. Right. It's just a smart thing. that She was the biggest character on the fucking poster, for God's it's sake. True. Considering, as we were sitting there watching the, ca- the credits going, oh, that one was, that one got an Oscar, that one's been nominated for an Oscar, that one's got a BAFTA, I think. Like, <laughs> BAFTA, it's a you British can thing. cure that. <laughs> you can cure that with some penicillin. It'll stop being blue. Oh, Jesus. But, I mean, it's certainly a movie that was jacked with talent, and jacked with talent well ahead of when you would realize um, Michael Fassbender, you know, I, he might have been in shame before this, but yeah. you know, it, it took, he certainly wasn't 12 Days a Slave and right. chewing the scenery and even Halle Berry's got an Oscar in there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she did. And she was in this movie, by God. <laughs> she sure I was. I think I saw her. <laughs> and Anna I, Paquin? Anna and Paquin was the, there for two seconds? They definitely. That was one cool thing, <laughs> and, and we'll loop back around to this, but that was a cool thing toward the end, the, the cameos of people you didn't expect to see. I didn't expect to see Cyclops. I didn't expect to see Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer is beast. So, uh, so yeah, they definitely got the the cameos in. So almost everybody who was anybody in the first three movies, you know, got sort of a nod and a shout. Yeah, including flashbacks to Brian Cox as Striker, yep, and yep. so he definitely ran the gamut. So you'd say, "Yep, this is an X Men movie that's firmly in both universes." Yes, very much so. But so, yeah, I mean, the the, the coolest thing about it for me was X3 now basically didn't happen. I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it's Yeah, they, they went a full Star Trek reboot and said, nope, it's a complete alternate time. Now, it's going to cause other problems, which I'll, I'll talk about in it a will. minute. It will. But, uh, yeah, it's Jean Grey is alive and Cyclops is alive and all a whole string of things that have happened since uh, when was x2 like 2005 something like that yeah a whole bunch of that shit just never happened by wiping this out 
Yeah, and making X3 go away, that's, like I said, I've got the first two on Blu-ray. I've got Wolverine Origins and the Wolverine. 2003 was X2. That was X2, but when was uh, X3? X3. He's, he's, uh, I I will look for it as... Ultimately, who gives a shit? It was yeah, the, it was the awful. Thing and, is, it sucked. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I mean, just making that horrible thing go away, and, and that was sort of a Dan Harmon community move. It's like, oh, the the one I didn't have anything whatsoever to do with. Yeah, let's just okay, that never happened. There was another X Men movie, an evil X Men movie, and I killed it. <laughs> and I killed it. <laughs> it never hit the ground. <laughs> What, no Twister fans? Just us? Okay. I'm sorry. Just you? I watch it. So I know these lines, but... So, I mean, it was cool that that happened, but the the weird thing is I don't know where they go from here. There was the post-credit sequence that showed, at least to me it was pretty clear, that was Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. Yes. But, okay, so... What we've done is we've had... Which makes me wonder, just since they made a point of saying that, you know, in um, X-Men First Class, Angel was one of the casualties. And I'd have to go back and rewatch it because, again, I was pretty drunk when I watched that the first time. Yeah. Um, One of the four horsemen of Apocalypse is supposed to be Archangel. So with everybody brought back into this timeline now... What oh. happened with Angel? Okay, <laughs> to get from dead. <laughs> so no, all right. Let's let's talk about the timeline because I, <laughs> I I have to work through this. Okay, all right. So we had the first X Men movie, yes, which took place in two thousand with Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, normal crew, Tyler Maine <laughs> as yes. Sabretooth. Then we went to X2, which flashed back to Wolverine's origin. It was very much an organic. We went from here to here. Yep. Um, then X3 with a new director. They killed Cyclops dead. Yes. They killed Jean Grey dead. Um, who else got killed in it? I don't even... There was I'm a juggernaut bitch. Rogue lost her powers. Okay. See, I don't remember that plot point at all. Because she... Yeah, that was that was the big like, oh no... Rogue wants to give her her powers, and yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Jean Grey died. Stuff exploded. Okay, so we're up to <laughs> we're up to two thousand five. Yep. After that, we go to X Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. Which has, which has, Emma uh, Frost randomly. Um, yes, but Emma Frost was also in X three as a cameo. Right. So and was in X-Men First Class as a much older version of the version that we saw. Yeah. So in, wait, Emma or, Frost wasn't in X-Men uh, in the first Wolverine movie. Yes, she was. She was released with, she was supposed to be, she's supposed to be What's-Her-Face's sister, the one, uh, Wolverine's love interest. Oh, okay. Because they give her diamond form. It's very obvious. It's, it's uh, That's right. Like, I completely forgot about that. Okay. So like out of nowhere they decide that this version of of Emma last name unspoken has diamond form and is the sister of the half native whatever. That's right. I forgot about that. But wasn't Cyclops also there? Yes. Okay. So Cyclops Wolverine met him as a young 20-something man in 2000. And didn't kill him. Didn't kill him. <laughs> okay, but also met him at some point earlier in the past. Now, we know the timeline now, based on Days of Future Past, is yes. he got his adamantium at some point between 1973 yes. and 2000. Right. So, so sometime in the mid-late 70s, Perhaps. Although, weren't we led to believe in Origins that it was the battle between Wolverine and Deadpool that led to the shutdown of Three Mile Island? Yes. Okay, so now we're talking 1978. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so so Cyclops was a child in 1978, as was Emma Frost. Yes. So somehow Cyclops also was just a young adult 
uh, 78, 88, 90, 22 years later. <laughs> Except that also, and this is the thing that I, I think they just sort of played fast and loose with, Havoc, who is Scott Summers' younger brother, is a soldier in the Vietnam War when Mystique breaks his platoon out of quarantine in Saigon. In Days of Future in Past. In Days of Future Past. Okay, but to be fair, they just say Havoc. They don't say uh, Summers or anything to indicate there's an his, actual... His, uh, his, if you look on his uniform, it says Summers. Uh, you just like his chest. You like the blue wang and the... <laughs> No, and, I looked on purpose. I'm like, is that? And it says Summers. Okay. <laughs> so Scott's younger brother is... A, is old enough is to be Is of military in age <laughs> in 1973. What? Okay. So... Does your head hurt yet? It, it does, but I'm going to keep going. All right. So so that gets us to X-Men Origins uh, Wolverine. Then there was X-Men First Class, which also had... Emma Frost. Yes. But as an adult. Yes. Uh Warren Worthington was there. Yes. Um who else was was in that that we've seen since cuz I could have sworn it was Cyclops but um um Mystique was in it. Yeah, okay. So Mystique was a but see this I can kind of And kinda, uh, Beast. Okay. Even that I can kind of buy. Beast is a teenager in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, and so 50-ish, you know, when he was played by, uh, what's oh, his and, face, Frazier. Oh, and Havoc, same kid. Havoc was in that one, too? Yeah, except they're calling him Alex Summers. Well, that's Havoc. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was so, Christopher for a second, but that's the dad. Okay, so. Adrian. So we've had Emma Frost, two different ages and two different places. Oh, and a William Stryker, played by a different actor than the one who plays him in uh, this movie. Jesus, we all right. We got to get X Men First Class again. Yeah. All right. So there's William Stryker, like an older dude. So we've got William Stryker as an old dude in X Two, an old dude in First Class, and a young guy in both X Men Origins and X Men Days of Future Past. With a ten year old Jason who hasn't quite come into his own yet, apparently. Okay. Are there any other characters that appear multiple times at different ages at different? times i think that mystique it. i can buy because mystique since she can change her appearance she could be 80 and still right you know give herself jennifer lawrence looks right but all right so so here's the other mind fuck that's been <laughs> been getting me so in order just from time frame yes we've got x-men days of future past yes no, we've got X-Men First Class. Right. X-Men Days of Future Past. X-Men Origins. X-Men X, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, The Wolverine. Right. Now, with that entire continuum, even if we could take these holes and people being in different places, at some point in 1973, Mystique kills Trask which spins the future off into this horrible future where Sentinels are destroying everything, starting in 1973. Yes. So, as of X-Men Days of Future Past, if they hadn't changed the past, nothing that happened in X-Men Origins, Wolverine, yes. X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, or the Wolverine could possibly have happened. Right. So those are apocryphal until... X-Men Days of Future Past goes back, modifies events <laughs> that have happened for the first time in this seventh or eighth movie in order to make the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth movie actually happen. Yes. <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> it's, it, it fucks with you. But you can't say it's not comic book time travel yeah, no, logic. Yeah. It's all of this happened before. It will happen again, but none of it happened. But all of it's going to happen until Bendis gets his grubby mitts on it. Then it'll happen again, but differently, slightly. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I mean, it's it's a good movie, but if you stop and think about it, it just it destroys the whole franchise. See, we liked it until we started talking about it. Well, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's kind of fucked and hard to get your head around. But even if you're willing to accept it, and I read comic books, so, all right, fine. Somehow we'll accept that there's some kind of weird event 
And X-Men Days of Future Past, even though it came out on Friday, is something that always happened and always brought everybody together. There was clearly a preview for an upcoming movie in the post credit sequence. Who's in that fucking movie? Um, we don't know yet because if you go to the Age of Apocalypse link on IMDb, it only has um, like Beast and uh, I just had it open. Where is it? Um, so there are some people that are that are committed to, it, to yeah. this already. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Michael Fassbender, Nicholas Holt, who is Beast, uh, James McAvoy. Okay, so this is something that happened in the past. Yes. So it will be Age of Apocalypse pre-X-Men. Yes. (laughs) Good Christ. (laughs) It'll be Age of Apocalypse with, at the moment, without um, Stuart or McKellen attached to it. It's probably a wise choice, because you saw him. (laughs) They... (laughs) They probably shouldn't commit to anything a couple, three years in the future. <laughs> true. This is very true. But it's, uh, frankly, and it's a, it's a credit to the movie with me. It's, it was enough of a mindfuck. Parker the Kitten, our mascot, is pounding on the door, screaming, stop it, make the voices stop. <laughs> but, true. But no, it's a credit to the movie with all this suspension of disbelief that you have to do to make this story make any sense with the movies that came before it. I, I had fun with it. It was yeah. fun to watch. That And I can accept, okay, these things happened. And again, I've read enough comic books. It's like, okay, fine. This is a thing that happened that just we've never seen before. But if it doesn't happen, we don't get X-Men and X2. Right, right. So, I mean, it was it was a really well-done movie. Um, Except that whatever future he wakes up in, at the end of Days of Future Past, it's clearly after X2. Because it's assumed at that point that he is teaching in the academy because Xavier's like, aren't you ready to teach your history class? Well, I'll call it uh, after X3 because Beast is there. Well, I'm assuming X3 never happened as a a result of this because Jean Grey is alive. Yes. All right. So I can. And Rogue is still part of the fold and seemingly powered because she was wearing gloves. Okay. But then again. Not necessarily. Well, yeah, it would have to be after X2 because Iceman and Rogue were still paired off. Right. So, okay. And uh, Storm was looking all, like, administrative and stuff. And Okay. But regardless of the timeline, which, <laughs> um, just a couple more things I want to point out. Fucking Quicksilver was awesome. Yes. Yes, the young man who played Quicksilver. He uh, was the dude from uh, American Horror Story. Yes, his I name. I forget his name. Is Evan Peters. That's right. He's the kid that you see every season in American Horror Story who is emo <laughs> and ultimately doomed. You gotta have one in the, <laughs> the 2010s or whatever. But. Yes. Now, it was, it was good that they gave him a lot of stuff to do up front to establish his character quickly. But if, he had, if they had left him in for the whole movie, he w- it would have been his movie. Oh, yeah. It's... He'd have been a magic bullet to solve everything the, the same way they always have to. And they did it in this. We got to find a way to depower Professor X because he can take over your mind and make you do things. Right. Um, you know, the guy who can move so fast you can't see what he's doing. He, he's a deus ex machina. He will yeah. solve whatever problem you have. And and there is one moment where they let him do exactly that and it is brilliant. Oh, it is glorious, great <laughs> effects, great characterization, this huge action sequence of the completely inappropriate song to go with it <laughs> yes um just uh, if the flash tv show can get super speed half that right i my, my only quibble with well. that scene is he's wearing what appears to be some kind of walkman which is technology that does not exist until at least 10 years later well uh, okay you, you do have a point i didn't even thought of the walkman i just thought uh, kind of cool half-ass walkman headphones but yeah you're right Maybe a portable eight track, although I don't even know if such a thing existed. I don't know. I but, was uh, too. <laughs> but the other thing, and I found myself going, "Really, really, Brian Singer, really, you're going to do this? You are going to talk about an assassination with curving bullets, and you're going to curve a bullet around James McAvoy's head? <laughs> you're going to wanted this motherfucker up, aren't you? You're going to have the balls <laughs> to curve a bullet around James McAvoy's head? Sure, why not?" 
I, I actually thought that was awesome. Like, all right, I get where you're laying down, and I'm with you. But uh, I, I really enjoyed the movie, even, even well, though, yeah, if you said, they were there were nods. Like that was a nice little nod to Wanted, um, I think. Oh yeah. Um, especially, they should have found some way to have Halle Berry be in that scene. Though, to be fair. <laughs> You think about it. <laughs> well, yeah, that goes back to the comic book. So, um, so yeah, that would have been cool. And the other piece being that there were there were moments in this movie that felt clearly like either nods to or or flat out rips from scene wise some of the other X Men movies. Um, notably, they there's a moment in this. There's a couple of moments in this movie where uh, Magneto, Fastbender's Magneto, realizes he can um, take metal and then infuse it into other things so that he can then blow them apart later because they have metal in them yeah uh which rebecca romaine did with him in the first movie or is it second movie that was the second, second movie. movie where they shot the guard up with iron supplements iron, yeah and so in this movie you know he he takes uh railroad rails and gets them into the sentinels so that there's enough metal in them that he can then blow them apart later yeah and so that also actually um Magneto gains awareness of what he did in the past and in one of the final battles in the future he's able to go out and have some effect on some of the Sentinels. Yep. Which is why he realizes he can go out and do that because it's this sort of, oh, oh, I'm going outside now. <laughs> yeah. Um, apropos of nothing. <laughs> um, and then later on when he takes uh, some of the iron bars that were in the construction in uh, the field of devastation outside the White House when the final battle is happening yep. it, and, and shoots them at Wolverine, sort of a nod to the... F now, they, they've already, he's already made the, the comment, wouldn't it be funny, or wouldn't it be interesting if those were covered in metal looking at his bone claws? Yep. Um, so he, he throws the construction ties into him and then is able to, you know, flay him out, much like in the first movie in the subway where he's yep. able to do that. And then when they fling him into the water, it comes across like in X2 when he fills the character that wasn't Lady Deathstrike, um, yep. <laughs> full of adamantium, and she falls to the bottom of, of the, uh, I don't know if it was water or just full of adamantium at that point with yeah. a tunk. Yeah, um, and yeah, a nice little sound callback. Yeah. Yeah, and, and did you know it was right at the beginning, the end of the 20th century Fox, as it fades out, just the X was left, which has been yeah. in all the X-Men movies. Yep, this is true. So. Oh, and... Um, when they have the moment with Cerebro, um, when McAvoy's um, Professor Xavier is gingerly getting back into the pool, as it were, yep. and willing to look for people with Cerebro, did you notice that one of the controls, the the lettering underneath whatever odometer or whatever the heck that was, said Elf? Elf? Yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> as sort of a nod to Nightcrawler, who's not in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Overall, yeah, if you stop and think about it too much, it's it's either a mind fuck of that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, um, or it's like, okay, this is kind of a cool thing that's in there and one of these apocryphal yesterday's enterprise. It's a story that happened but didn't happen. Right. Um, you know, compared to X three and frankly compared to X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's a goddamn masterpiece. Oh, and yes, yes. I don't know where I... This is not my quote, and I feel terrible about it. I saw it somewhere online, but if the cost to get an X-Men movie this good is the flesh of young boys, back the school bus up. To... It, it was, it was uh, Bizarro Stanley. Bizarro Twitter. Stanley. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's back, a horrible thing. Back that truck up to the high school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I said that out loud. We're going to hell. You, you did. But that was you this time. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> hey, it was my turn. It was my turn to go right for the fucking gutter. But I there were there are some other goofy moments that were that were kind of funny. Um, Fastbender's Magneto and his Benoit balls of death as he comes into the whatever it was that they were. Oh yeah, <laughs> entering. Um, where the hell were they? Um, he would. I don't know. He was. Trask Industries, maybe he was going. I forget. He has a moment though where he's clearly got things that are intended for keggling. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why you were laughing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ben Wow Balls of Death. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Please move on from this. 
I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Where do you go from there? <laughs> uh, good movie. <laughs> Better than Godzilla. Should watch. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, we should. And you should. And go see the movie. It's good. Yep. But. Good movie is good. But yeah, the, the other. And we suck at segues on this show. <laughs> but the background in comedy. There are no segues in comedy. No. Silly rabbit segues are for kids. Anyway. <laughs> So, also announced this week was uh, there's an official title for the upcoming Batman versus Superman. Yes. Uh, it is... The Dawn of Justice. Yeah, Batman v. Superman. Uh, Dawn of Justice. And the internet... I wrote a little about and this earlier internet, this week. the internet the, went... <sighs> yeah, the internet exploded <laughs> with, how dare you, it's Superman's franchise, you put Superman's name second. And... Yeah, well, you know, Batman made, like, truckloads more money, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, that that's the first point. If, if you look at what the Dark Knight trilogy made versus what Man of Steel made, if you're going to have both characters, you put Batman first. Yes, you put Batman first. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not, you know, Auric Goldfinger. <laughs> You know, co-starring James Bond. It's That's right. You know, you put the money character up front. Um, but the the other thing is, it's not at this point. It's not Superman's franchise anymore. No. If it ever was, and I'll get to this in a in a minute, I think it, it's clearly a, a Justice League franchise now. We know Wonder Woman's going to be in it. We know Cyborg's going to be in it. Yep. Uh, have they announced any other superhero casting that I'm not aware of? Uh, not that I'm aware of, but it doesn't mean yeah. that they won't try to shoehorn somebody in there. Yeah, you hear the odd rumor that, you know, they're gonna Stephen use... Amell from Arrow will be in it, yeah. or, but that that's just a rumor. Um, and tell me, clearly, and they've already announced Justice League's been greenlit, and Zack Snyder's going to direct that too. So this is a Justice League movie where you put Superman's name does not matter. Right. Uh... And, and so now the point is, you know, how do you just build it up enough? Alfred's going to be in this. Oh, yeah, we knew that. Yeah. Uh, who, who's playing him? That uh, is Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. So, I mean, But, yeah, beyond that, they're, they're, they're playing this as close to the vest as they can beyond the things that have been uh, released already. Perry White, who has already been, I'm sorry, Lawrence Fishburne, who has always already been Perry White, will be in this. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of the original cast of Man of Steel who wasn't killed in the utter destruction of half the planet. Holly Hunter's attached to this. It doesn't say in what capacity. Uh, I think I read it somewhere and I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The movie was not coming out for two years, but we'll so, it's, for to do. so it's it's a Justice League franchise builder. So yeah, you'll start with a big name and you'll put Superman in it. Um, you know, the other thing people complain about is you know, oh, Jesus, is just going to be yeah, another it, people complain and people have been complaining about Superman killing General Zod for a year. Yes. And I understand it. I think it's on purpose. Uh, and I think it was on purpose. And I think it was for a, a two part reason. The first one being and I've said this over and over again. I've written it on the website. Clark Kent wasn't Superman and Man of Steel. Nope, he wasn't. This movie was about him figuring out how to be Superman, but yeah, and you can. He's figuring out how to be responsible with his powers after years and years and years of Kevin Costner as his dad telling him that he had to be selfless and and to not show off his powers, not draw attention to himself. Yeah, and you can disagree with that characterization of Jonathan Kent and his parenting, but if that's what the choice to go with was he in no way has trained to be a superhero. I mean, if you look back to the original Superman, he learns to be Superman in a sequence where he spends 15 years under computers at the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> yeah. It's the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> One of the dumber things in that movie compared to Lex Luthor's uh, real estate deal. <laughs> yeah. But it's that's what they had to do. How's this farm boy going to become Superman and learn this? Well, he's you know, they put this Light simulator. <laughs> yeah, so so it makes sense. Okay, this thing is going on. I have been raised well enough to know I have to respond to it because they said they're going to start killing people if I don't show up. 
but he's not Superman. How would he know how to get anybody away from Metropolis? Right. You know, oh, my God, they're battling right in Metropolis and killing thousands. How do you get somebody away? Yeah. You know, if somebody comes at me in my house with a knife, I don't know how to get them the fuck away out of the bedroom. Yeah, he's, he's not a master tactician. He's, right. He's a dude with a very specific skill set, which does not involve, you know, moving people en masse. <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing, I really think Zack Snyder has intended from the time he was greenlit on Man of Steel to move more toward a Justice League, or at the very least, move toward doing The Dark Knight Returns. I think he wants an ensemble. I, he did With Watchmen, he demonstrated that he could carry multiple storylines and sort of cherry pick the strands of those storylines that would make the most sense. Uh, yeah, he's definitely shown a talent of that, but I'm thinking more nut cutting it's what he wants to do back in 2009. Uh, I think it was at the Watchmen panel that we went to in San yeah. Diego. Somebody asked him if he had a dream project and he said the Dark Knight Returns. This is true. This is and true. later on in the convention when Frank Miller was on a panel or remoting in on a panel, you know, he said, yeah, you can do it whenever you want, Zach. So Snyder knew from that moment, oh, if I can ever weasel my way toward that, I can do it. Right. Well, and that's, you know, what, where I had been saying during Man of Steel that the killing of, of Zod was calculated um, by Zod to make humanity fear Superman, which sets up for a Dark Knight Returns type movie. There's a reason for Batman to have his fingers in this. Yeah, absolutely. That's There's a reason for Lex Luthor to have his fingers in this. Yeah, it's and that's what I was going to say. If you're going to... Snyder had to know that Warner Brothers and DC was drooling over the idea of building up their own Avengers-style group of heroes to do individual movies and print their own fucking billion dollars on. Yeah. So, taking Man of Steel, I think there was probably a very deliberate... Okay, what I want to do is, for Dark Knight Returns to work, I need Superman to be mistrusted by people and potentially a stooge of the government. Yes. Which is completely set up by Man of Steel. And the fact that, whether you liked it or not, it made enough money to get into, I want to do Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I think it was on purpose, not because... Snyder hates Superman, but because he wanted to do Dark Knight. I think it's the same reason people scream at J.J. Abrams. All you did with Star Trek was you made Star Wars with the Enterprise. We well, didn't want to fucking do Star Trek. He wanted to do Star Wars. <laughs> as soon as yeah. he got Star Wars, he jumped the fuck out. That's right. So. I would. You know, and <laughs> if, if it fucks with your favorite franchise, I understand. Believe me. But I think there was a definite logic behind it. And the logic is now moving toward a Justice League movie. Yeah, quite frankly, folks, if if you want Superman movies, there are still a host of at least two perfectly good Christopher Reeve movies out there. <laughs> Watch there, those. There was a perfectly good Brian Singer Superman movie if you wanted old school, wholesome-ish. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's the whole, oh, I fucked and ran and now I have a five-year-old son. If you overlook Which that is part. a questionable choice. <laughs> the fact that Lois Lane was 19 years old. After Superman came back after five years in space to investigate Krypton. But I'm not saying Superman Returns is a good movie, is what I'm saying. But it was there, and nobody wanted it. Just Christopher Reeves, Margot Kidder, just, just go watch that. <laughs> That's right. And when he's doing his you know, little, I'm under the computer learning how to be Superman, go take a leak. or Make a sandwich. Paint something blue. Whatever you feel you need to do. <laughs> so... Title-wise, yeah, it's not a great title. No. I mean, Batman v. Superman. I mean, what's wrong with versus Batman 5 Superman? <laughs> Maybe they ran out of money for the S. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody else holds the license to versus. Yeah, maybe. There's some there's some uh, fan figure out there who, <laughs> I got the verses there. <laughs> You can't have it. And frankly, the only thing I really don't like about Dawn of Justice is it sounds like one of our early podcast titles. It does. It does. The Dawn of Justice. Like they went, it, it, it's not, because it would be like the Fist of the Dawn of Justice. 
Yeah. Or the, the, the fistula of Don. Which would have been awesome. I like to believe that somewhere at Warner Brothers, those are all on a list. And somebody Googled it and said, shit, somebody's already got the fist of justice. How about the sack of justice? Son of a... The uh, the fistula? No. No, they took that one, too. Did we have fistula? Jesus, we title these things for shit. We often were drunk. Well, we will be very soon, so... Yeah. So, yeah, we should... gift to you folks. We've been doing these last handful sober. This is us sober. God help you all. Yeah, because <laughs> the Sunday's going to come where we just see something terrible. <laughs> it's like, nope, we're going straight to the bar, and then we'll tape. Good morning, son. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No inside jokes. No, no inside that, jokes. That's an inside joke. We're just going to move on. Yep, that was for Rob and Trebuchet. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, all right, we're 45 minutes in here, and since we do want to drink uh, when we talk some comics. Let's talk about some comics. All right, so <clears throat> what do we got here? Well, we've got Forever Evil 7. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yes, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you you start. I have very oh, definite start? Okay. problems with... Well, here, here's my problem. Um, I really like David Finch art. However, whenever I see David Finch art, I keep thinking Marvel uh, Avengers Disassembled. So I have difficulty getting past that, but it's pretty art. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's detailed. But everybody looks like the Scarlet Witch, like all, at least all the girls do. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. But yeah, he definitely has a, a style of face that he draws, so everybody kind of has a similar look. Uh, it's detailed stuff, but it's not overly detailed and cross-hatched and exaggerated. Um, yeah. So it doesn't cross over into the... That Liefeld, McFarlane realm, so yeah, I generally like the yeah. look of it. But, uh, yeah, he definitely, most of his faces look similar. There's not a hell of a, the difference between his Superman and Ultraman is a U versus an S, and the difference between both of those and his Captain America is blonde hair. And quite frankly, his uh, his Dick Grayson looks an awful lot like his, spoilers, Ted Cord, <laughs> except for glasses. Bit. It's uh, that's that's one thing I like. It's good to see Ted Court again after Justice League International was so thoroughly taken apart. And well, it just gives me hope that they're going to do something with Booster Gold now that like won't suck. Well, I kind of like Booster Gold in the All Star Western issues that he I was did too. In, all but... two issues he was in. <laughs> well, yeah, but Booster Gold, the best that he has been since Justice League International was the Jeff John series pre. Flashpoint. Yes. New 52. Yep. So reimagining him as a time travel hero, eh, not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, it's, but it's it's not as good as when he was at his best, which is when he was with Ted Cord. Yeah. So hopefully we can <clears throat> start seeing that again, although the Ted Cord in here looks about 17 years old. Although one thing I'm trying to figure out is... Actually, yeah. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Because we're going into the September uh, five years later... Yes. Uh, which is not the actual name of the, the crossover, but I can't remember what uh, it is off the top of my end. head. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and, and that's where we'll see Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. That would be nice. Within five years. So That would be nice. And then they'll roll it back, and hopefully in five years they'll actually remember to fucking do it. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, my biggest problem, the ending to this is the same fucking ending. Yeah, can we do something other than Anti-Monitor, Dark Side... Can we? I, I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about the biggest bad guy who is anywhere near this horrible event winds up being the person who pulls the trigger on the kill shot and is hailed as a hero. It's the same ending as Secret Invasion. True. Which gave us a year and a half of Dark Reign, which was, forgive me, a dark period at Marvel. <laughs> I hated Dark Reign. The idea that nobody could see through this supervillain having one moment that frankly could be easily seen as self-interest and just saying, oh no, he's a hero and we should give him the keys to for Marvel Shield, in this case the Justice League, and everybody just says, nope, that's the right thing to do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And in this in this case, it's a, it's a retread. We saw it three or four years ago and it, it didn't do anything for me then. It's I can't true. imagine it doing anything for me now. Nobody, only a dingbat would put Lex Luthor in charge of the fucking Justice League. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's bad. Yeah, and shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, and frankly, 
when the big tease you've got is, ooh, we're going to have a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman love triangle. I'd, yeah. I'm not I'm not completely on board with Superman with Wonder Woman as it is, even though I think the Superman Wonder Woman book is better than I thought it was going to be. It's generally enjoyable, um, but to ramp it up to a love triangle, these these characters are not supposed to be boning. Yeah, it's not supposed to be a soap opera for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's Marvel's turf. Don't, don't do things you don't fucking understand. Like if I wanted to see, you know, a stiff and interesting character and a girl I don't care about in a love triangle, I would wa- I, I would read a Wolverine book. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not D- DC's... T- it feels weird. And, and I recognize there's a little bit of a history of Batman and Wonder Woman from the DC animated Bruce Timm stuff. But it never went really far and they're really kind of heavy handed like Bruce Wayne is mooning for her which yeah you know oh I I can get her out of the Firestorm Matrix because I can connect with her and well they're also making a point of you know she's a seductress who's leaving just a trail of lovelorn bodies in her wake oh I got the uh, lasso from Steve Trevor Uh uh-huh I didn't pick up on that but yeah, what, that's... is he sleeping with it at night? Oh, Diana, how I miss you. Well, that's this... how Steve <laughs> Trevor's sort of been categorized. Oh, let me stroke your lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Argus. Oh, Jesus. But, but I hadn't... That hadn't really occurred to me that, yeah, it would be really easy to fuck this up and turn Wonder Woman into a hooer and a Well, especially since they're, they're you know making her her counterpart from the other other universe knocked up with Alexander Luther's child. Like, you know, what, <laughs> what super pheromones is she packing that she is all things to all men? Well, it was, it, it, honestly, it was her lasso, at least back in the old days, uh, her lasso could, Superwoman's lasso compel. could compel people yeah. to do that kind of thing. I just, since it's, since it's the daughter of the reverse Shazam, <laughs> I, I just want to see if, if Luther could just stand by her and say Shazam and turn it into something. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a fully thought out thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, scene from Alien. I don't know. <laughs> Stops being a super baby and just gets crushed by her Benoit ball. I don't know. No, here. Look, I'm going to go there. Alexander, I'm pregnant. Really? Shazam. No, you're not. <laughs> God damn it, I killed for that superpower. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's not, a, that just felt like a heavy handed thing that I don't want to see coming. Yeah. And I just, I can't get over just the logic problems in the story at large. They moved the moon to geosynchronous orbit to hide the sun. And at the end of, okay, we've gotten rid of the the crime syndicate and we're rebuilding you're not rebuilding shit you've created tidal catastrophes and a fucking if if at any point in time aquaman should have been there to put his foot down about something yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, but it doesn't matter there'll be nothing for him to conquer because the famine from no sunlight for (laughs) however many months right you know it it just it doesn't and by God, why are you hiding the sun? Oh, because Ultraman becomes weak, so we could kill him with a marijuana grow light, is what you're saying. <laughs> just lure him into a grow house and just hit him over the head with a shovel. Yeah, that wasn't thought through. That yeah, was... <laughs> this is just, this crossover just, it didn't work for me, and the way it ended just feels derivative. It's pretty to look at. I, I like David Finch's look on... DC books, even though it's no different than on Marvel books. He he draws pretty people. Yeah, but I'm ready for, I'm glad Forever Evil is over, and yes. now we're right into another event. DC's events are just not clicking with me post-New 52. No. They really should have stopped and taken a seven or eight year breather after blackest night and everybody would have been happy yeah honestly i i think what they always fail to realize is events lose their punch 
when they string them up one right after the other because they cease to be events and really just become a series of increasingly unwieldy, bombastic storylines. Yeah, and it's a constant, literally constant, okay, now we got to figure out how to top it. Right. Like, no, you don't have to top it. Take take a minute. Just do some character-driven stuff for a while. Yeah, or, or you can top it, but take a minute and figure out how to legitimately top it. Yeah. Yeah, this was, let's get the heroes out of the way because Jeff Johns likes to write the rogues gallery. Yeah. And then suddenly the superheroes are back for some reason because when the sunlight hits Firestorm, that makes heroes come out because reasons. And Because it's spring. Uh, yeah, again, hit him with a glow light, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, it seems to me that anybody with, like, any sort of fluorescent light <laughs> or... <laughs> uh, yeah, any kind of glow light. I mean, light a match in front of him. <laughs> Nuclear explosion probably could have given a glow very similar to uh, <laughs> the, the glow of the sun. Uh, it's, it's very possible, although... Uh, it, yeah, it just it didn't it didn't work for me. No. And Future's End is early enough I can't tell if it's not working for me or not, but eh. Yeah, it's didn't fly for me. So, and So Zack Snyder, if you're out there, uh don't follow these books for your movies. Yeah. For the well, love of God. And another one that didn't work for me and I didn't expect it to work for me and I didn't expect it to work for me for exactly the reasons it didn't work for me. And I will delineate them, although I'll let you start on this one also, because mine go to specific stories and creators in the past. It's uh, Mark Millar's and Duncan Figueroa's MPH, the latest Millar book that he's spitting out and clearly hoping somebody will turn into a movie, particularly coming out the same week as an awesome super speed scene with Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what were you? I forced you to read this because I wanted to MPH, rant about it. We have the story of uh, the world's first superhero who appears to have gotten his powers from some sort of drug called MPH, which made him a speedster. Uh, his his storyline seemingly ends in tragedy when he destroys a bunch of stuff as his powers sort of go out of control, and then he's taken in by the army and put in solitary. Meanwhile, a young man... Uh, is screwed over by his drug dealer boss, go figure, who wants to bang his girl, puts him in prison, and he gets a hold of some of this MPH. Will he do the right thing with it, or will he do something horrible with it? <laughs> okay, so before I even get into my specific stuff, the way that you put it that way, <laughs> yeah, the whole plot of the drug dealer's boss sets him up to put him in jail to fuck his girlfriend. Yeah is so stupid and convoluted to why not just put a bullet in his skull yeah I mean, yeah <laughs> why not fire him and leave him penniless i mean there's a million but no i'm gonna set him up and somehow work with the feds to put him in jail for 15 years and that just it's ridiculous it doesn't make any sense at all yeah it's, it's it, overly contrived it exists to put him in jail and give him a motivation to be an asshole and take a drug yes that's it Yep. Um, I mean, in general, how did you like the book? I I didn't actively hate it, but on the other hand, I feel like there have been this substance, this pill, this thing gives you superpowers. Are you deserving of said superpowers stories uh, out there? So this didn't really do anything for me on the originality front. Yeah. And, and that's what I'll get to. This book shows to me that Mark Millar has read Mike Barron's and at least the beginning of William Messner Loeb's run on the flash right after crisis. There was a drug in the early post-crisis flash called Velocity 9 mm -hmm. that yuppies would take to get superpowers for a while and do some crimes, and eventually it burned them out. <laughs> so, yeah, it was for... You know, cheap thrills, but yeah, and the Flash had to round him up um, to the point where this character, I don't even remember the character's name in MPH. It was just, you know. Roscoe. Roscoe, fine. Roscoe is so motivated and he's creating motivational posters that 
Yeah, he wants to have. Yeah, that was a little heavy-handed. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, God, you know, you're one of those. Oh. Yeah, oh, money and Lamborghinis, and he's you know going to be. I need to you know, visualize it. He's going to be a new money scumbag. That's straight from the Flash. Wally West in at the end of Flash number one won the fucking lottery, and went out and bought mansions and Lamborghinis and was banging chicks and was just a real obnoxious low life, which was interesting at the time then kind of made sense you know i read it when i was 18 19 so it's, uh, i can understand that if i had the money i'd be out dogging chicks and you know with my superpowers and but it's exactly what we're gonna see here it's completely set up this guy with superpowers will go out and get a lamborghini which never made sense to me when wally west did it either wait wait you're the fastest man on earth but you want a car that will slow you down <laughs> yeah and uh and that you can't drive in the winter yeah <laughs> The most interesting thing in the book, and, and even this kind of reminded me of that early Flash, where part of the cool thing that Mike Barron did was say, okay, if you've got this power, what really happens? What's it like? And Mike Barron said, well, you'd probably have to eat a lot and sleep a lot to be able to recover from it. The one cool thing Millar did here was say, well, fluorescent lights cycle, and if you're really moving that fast, you would see the light go off for what seems like a certain amount of yep. time and then go on. But even that, it's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly the kind of, oh, how would this really work that I liked back in 1987, 88, 89? Right. And so it just, it feels like a complete retread of stuff that's 20, 25, 30 years old. Yep. And stuff that I happen to love. You know, your results may vary. Most of that, most of those flashbooks haven't been reprinted if you haven't read them. I just didn't find anything that jumped out as being particularly original in this. I, you know, we, we've had, you know, Earth's first superhero or superpowered being stories before that have already been told. Uh, already been told. So it's like, all right, so we've got this guy, Mr. Springfield. Like, where did we get that name? Were we, did we fall asleep watching The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. But you know, and, Unless we find out that Mr. Springfield's first name is Homer. <laughs> yeah it's a look i i found it uh, yeah to be derivative against very specific stories and nothing here certainly reaches the point of uh, he done stalled it but i guarantee you he read those books they had a big effect on me i can understand if they had a big effect on him but it well you, you can tell since we know that the guy is famous for things that can probably be summed up in an elevator pitch this was all right the flash meets prison break yeah although that's one issue here <laughs> yeah but from here yeah you know, so he's out of prison now now what uh, yeah well he'll become some he'll become obnoxious for a while and then just based on detroit he'll go some you know oh i'll be robin hood and rob from the rich and give to the whoever and then there'll be military involvement and, yeah you know the military involvement saw that in the early flash and look it's Clearly, he was inspired by stories that I loved as a kid. He's about my age. I'm sure he read the same ones. You know, they're good inspiration. They're good stories. But there's nothing here I haven't seen before, and I found it distracting. If if you've read those old Flash stories, you don't need MPH. Yeah. If you haven't, uh, as a retread, it's okay. That's <laughs> eh, okay. Yeah. Dude runs fast. Takes pill. Run fast. <laughs> ah. We saw that. We saw how well that worked out for Johnny Quick and Forever Evil. So. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Do you want to? I don't have a hell of a lot about that, but we can talk about Original Sin if you want to. Sure. Let's talk about Original Sin. Okay. Um, I'm digging it, and uh, I read it a few days ago. Original Sin 2. Um, Jason Aaron wrote it, Mike Diodato. And I really, when it comes to detailed art, I really like Mike Diodato for, for this type of... Re I'm enjoying the art in this. Yeah. There, there, there was, in one of the books, a bit a layout sequence that was a little fuxered. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's got old school Nick Fury. Um, it's got a, a very wide ranging cast of characters. And as it turns out, characters who are drawn from um, Kid Marvel or Marvel Boy. Marvel, Marvel Boy. Boy. Yeah, Grant Morrison. <laughs> On and, Grant uh, Morrison's run. And J.G. Jones' is Marvel Boy from like 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Yeah, Professor Midas and uh Oh hell. Oubliette, uh, yeah, the execution the, the extra yeah. 
Oubliette Midas, who is the um, exterminatrix or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. That sounds right. Yeah. It's what I'm really liking about this, and again, I haven't reread it in a few days, so some of the details are, are a little foggy. It is this cosmic mystery of who killed this cosmic the, 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 watcher. the watcher, this cosmic entity, and everything comes down to it's a bullet. Somebody got shot. <laughs> yeah. It's just constantly somebody shot him. It's like, oh no, what killed this? And Punisher digs a bullet out. It's a bullet killed this guy. Well, and also, I think Black Widow at some point was just like, it's blood splatter. Somebody shot him. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I just think it's awesome that, you know, oh, what could have killed the Watcher? Well, a 7.62 millimeter full metal jacket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, some of the the Nick Fury with the faceless one just shooting over his own shoulder. Like somebody got a really big desert eagle. <laughs> yeah, so it just I, I'm having a lot of fun with this one. It's a uh, it takes itself seriously enough, but not real seriously because yeah, it's going for these C grade villains. The fucking orb. The orb was a Ghost Rider villain <laughs> from the seventies. And that was just it. The the reveal on that just I was sort of like, I don't know who this character is. I'm just gonna own I don't know who the orb is and you explained it for me. But you know, I was walking around this whole time with like a skin tight red spandex top and a towel over his head and I'm like, it's gotta be Deadpool. Tell me it's Deadpool. Like <laughs> uh, Deadpool's not smart enough to Oh literally the towel over his head. Like, eh. <laughs> yeah. But... Nope. <laughs> but yeah, and, and now I just, I got a smile on my face. I ranked on two books, and the one I like, I haven't reread, so I can't talk a lot of detail about. I'm having difficulty though with the concept of a of supervillain that I can defeat with Visine. I... <laughs> no, Visine <laughs> gives him power. It clarifies and focuses him. You got to hit him with the pepper spray. Lemon. <laughs> yeah, lemon. <laughs> what a lemon it is! I <laughs> my one weakness, citrus. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean that's possibly a goofier character than um, Mysterio, or like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just it's fun. It's a fun murder mystery. <laughs> oh yeah, and I and I had no idea who Doctor Midas was before you explained who he was, and then pulled out the the Marvel Boy book for me to look at. I'm like, what is this Ben Grimm looking character doing here? <laughs> like, yeah, I thought I saw the thing earlier. It's like, oh no, let me show you this hardcover of Marvel Boy and like, Marvel. Oh, okay, <laughs> God knows we've got trouble sometimes with Grant Morrison, but Marvel Boy was a big, dumb, fun book from the early two thousands that I've always liked. So it was cool to see those characters again too. Yeah. I- It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We're evolving, say all the bad guys. Okay, what are you evolving into? <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I'm having a good time with this one. So, definitely, Original Sin, check it out. Forever Evil, MPH. <sighs> and I think that's about it for this week. I it's, think it uh, The cat is screaming outside. The cat He's is very upset Probably destroying everything that we love and... It is Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. That means we need to celebrate it the way God intended with sushi and sake, apparently. So, <laughs> and that starts in a, about an hour. So, yeah, we need to go get ourselves liquored up before we go get more liquored up. So, indeed, maybe with enough booze, we can make sense out of where Days of Future Past actually falls into. Yeah, into the timeline of come home. You're, you're, yeah, somebody will come home and find us. You know, scribbling on the walls a timeline. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, wait. It'll <laughs> this be goes like, here. It'll be like primer. Why can't I write like a regular person anymore? <laughs> it's because you can't stop your hands from Why shaking. is my dick blue? <laughs> Gonna go out the way we came in with a blue dick. So that is the end of uh, this week's episode of uh, the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Uh, yeah, have a good long weekend. I'm Rob. I'm still horrified. <laughs> I'm a man. And Dirk. Christ. What, first time I painted my dick blue? Yeah. <laughs>